Welcome to the Fellowship Baptist Church podcast. Today's episode will be one of our weekly devotionals. These devotionals are typically shot live uh, via Facebook and have been condensed down into an audio version for this podcast. We hope you enjoy the practical biblical teaching you will hear and that you will learn how to better apply God's truth to your life. Good morning and welcome to the Monday Morning Devotions with Pastor Daniel White. Good morning, Dad. Good morning. Good morning, everyone. Glad to have you with us. Was Sam the first one to log on here? Let's Mm. see. Man, she was a ninja last night. Uh, She was the first one. Nope, looks like Malia got it. (laughs) Malia beat you. (laughs) Last night, literally, as soon as we started live streaming, Um. like within seconds... And when I say seconds, I mean like within like one or two seconds, Sam was bam. We're like, Samantha is on it. And Malia was right behind her. Boom, right behind her. But it looks like Malia and Victoria are the first two to comment this morning. Well, I don't know how many of you have been outside this morning, but uh, it's not like yesterday. I I put my short pants on, which I still have on, by the way. And uh, my T-shirt, and I walked outside, and I was like, Burr. Whoa. So I went back inside and, and put my uh, uh, black uh, sweatshirt on here. Uh, you may be wondering why I'm always in my black sweatshirt. Um, to be honest with you, the only shirts that I own right now are three dress shirts. Hmm. I have no collared shirts other than my three dress shirts. And I have T-shirts, and I have uh, these black uh, sweatshirts. So why is that? Do we have to go there? Well, just in case people are wondering. Oh, in case people are wondering. All right. Well, we've had to we were in the process of moving, and we had to throw all of our uh, clothes away and purchase new clothes. And uh, so here, they had to throw them away. Yeah. Uh, in case of contamination of their previous home and, uh, and those type of things. My, my, my wife's allergic to mold spores, and yeah, we thought there might be some mold spores on our clothes, so we had to get rid of all our clothes. But anyway, I need to go shopping to get myself some pullovers. And you can't really go uh, shopping because everywhere is closed. You so. No, I didn't think about that. Yeah, unfortunate timing. So I'm pretty stuck, aren't <laughs> you I? You are until... Well, you're going to have to put up with my black sweatshirts for a while, and if I can't go shopping... All right, well, we're uh, glad you're online here with us. Uh, let's go to Ephesians chapter 5. We're in a study on discerning the will of God. Every day we have situations that arise in which we have to discern, is this God's will for us to do or is it not God's will for us to do? Is it right or is it wrong? So here in Ephesians chapter 5, this has uh, been our text. <clears throat> we're really uh, dealing with this, I believe, very thoroughly. We started out over a week ago on a Friday and then all last week, and now we're back to it here today. But Ephesians chapter 5, verse 15, See then that you walk circumspectly, very carefully in life, not as fools, but as wise. Who are wise people? They're those who have discerned God's will and then are are walking in it. Uh, Verse 16, Redeem the time. Make the most of the time the Lord has given you because the days are evil. Wherefore, be not unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. So we're going to do our review, and then Ben, I'm going to have you lead us in a word of prayer. I said that last Friday, and then we never prayed. Really? Really. Oops. We just uh, 
kept right on got going. A, got excited about what God had we, for us. We did. <laughs> so here's where we've been so far. Does God have a will for your life? The answer is absolutely. Does he have a plan or a purpose? You know it. The will of God means God's deliberate design, desire, and purpose for your life. We then looked at uh, reasons why God may not reveal his will to you, and here we talked about the call of God. We talked about the four calls that God sends out, and as we answer these calls, he leads us further and further into his perfect will for our lives. First of all was the call of salvation. That's where it starts. That's where our journey into the will of God begins, is by trusting him as our Lord and Savior. He is not willing, hear that word willing, that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. And then we talked about the call of separation. We talked about the call of sanctification and then the call of surrender or submission. Uh, think about it. Why would God reveal his will to you if you're not even submitted uh, to doing it? Mm. So it's so important that we follow and respond to the call of God. Then we uh, started looking at the methods that God uses. And I've brought this out, Ben, you brought it out again too. We don't just pick or choose one or two of these when it comes to discerning the Lord's will. We're, we, we're bundling them together, okay? We're taking all of them uh, when it comes to discerning what God would have us to do. So there were 20 of them that I listed. Let me see, how far did we get? We got to number seven. So we'll proceed from there today. But first of all, number one was getting your heart in a condition that it has no will of its own. Number two, you clear your heart of any known sin or wrong motives that may be there. That's where we ask the Lord to search our hearts. Then we search the scriptures. Remember, the script, every, everything we do uh, needs to flow out of biblical truth, biblical principle, uh, biblical doctrine. Yeah. So we search the scriptures. And then we looked at the experiences of life. This is where we said we, got, we need to be careful. I think this is where you mentioned, you know, we can't just take the experiences of life and set them as the one and only method of discerning the will of God. Because there's a lot of people that go through an experience in life and they think it was the will of God, but really it wasn't because it didn't line up with Scripture. Uh, so be careful about that one. Then we talked about getting the counsel of older, godly, mature believers who have walked the walk and can share with you uh, their advice and counsel. Uh, we then talked about getting the counsel of good godly friends, not just of friends in general, but good godly friends, those who you know will not just tell you what you want to hear, but will tell you what you need to hear. Iron sharpens iron, so a man sharpens the countenance of his friends. And then we got to sermons. And that's where we left off on that. God can uh, show you his will, can reveal his will to you as you're sitting and listening to a message or morning devotional like we're doing right now. It just kind of clicks and says, man, that is, exact, that is exactly what I needed to know. Mm. was right there what the preacher preached on. And uh, I shared with you, you know, one of our teachers uh, when I was in Bible school said he would never, ever counsel someone who wasn't willing to come and sit under the preaching of the Word of God, because that's where you're going to get the best counsel mm. and advice is right there. All right, this is where you pray. All right. We're not going to keep going until you pray. All right, let's All right. pray. Dear Lord, thank you 
once again for giving us the opportunity to collectively come together here and I pray that you'll just um, once again speak to our hearts as we listen to uh, the truths of your word this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, just as we've given warning before, I want to preface what I'm going to say here by another warning, and that is that God can lead us through circumstances that uh, happen in our lives. Uh, this is where a lot of people throw out, they talk about the open door or the closed door. And you'll hear people say that all the time. And, and it is a biblical principle, but they'll say, God opened this door of opportunity, and you're stopping and saying, I don't think that was God that opened that door of opportunity. Or God just really shut that door, and you're like, well, maybe it's just you did not have a faith, enough faith to walk through that door, mm. not necessarily that God closed it. But there are what the Bible talks about, open doors and closed doors. So Ben, I'm going to have you read this one about an open door, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 16. Uh, listen as Ben reads, and then we'll make comment on the open door. All right, uh, 1 Corinthians 16, verse 1 through 9. Yep. All right. It says, uh, this is uh, Paul speaking to the church at Corinth. Uh, it says, Now concerning the collection for the saints, as I have given order to the churches at Galatia, even so do ye. Upon the first day of the week, let every one of you lay by him in store, as God has prospered him, that there may be no gatherings when I come. Uh, and when I come, whosoever ye shall approve by your letters, them will I send to bring your... Uh, uh, liberality. Liberality to Jerusalem. And if it be meet that I go also... They shall go with me. Verse 5. Now I will come unto you when I shall pass through uh, Macedonia, for I do pass through Macedonia. Verse 6. And it may... Ugh, excuse me. I, I wasn't... I didn't read... Usually I like to read through the passage, but he kind of threw it on uh, me at the last second. so small. I can hardly read it and, myself. Well, this is a really funny thing. Uh, when we're looking at the camera, there's actually this... It's called a ring light around the camera. And when I look at the computer screen, I see this giant ring. <laughs> Does that ever happen to you? You know, our folks are like a halo. Yeah. <laughs> so I see this giant dark ring when I'm trying to read. It's distracting. I was watching a news broadcast the other night, and um, they were interviewing someone, and he had those rings in his glasses. From and that, I said, I know what that is. From that's, that ring light. That's that light. All right, verse 7. <clears throat> uh, for I will not see you now, by the way, but I trust to tarry a while with you, if the Lord permit. Verse 8. But I will tarry at Ephesus until Pentecost. For a great door... All right, right there. For a what? A great door. A great door. For a great door and, um, and effectual is open. Okay, is what? Opened. Opened. A great door is open. An effectual door has been open for me, okay? And there are many adversaries. <laughs> now, that's true. When God opens a door, Satan's going to do his best to try to close that door and keep you from going through it. But there we have that open door doctrine, mm. right? It's a yep. teaching of Scripture. Right there, there. there are doors that God opens, and just because it may be difficult to go through that door... Um, Maybe an indication that it's the one that God did open because Satan is, you know, he's opposing you from going through that door of opportunity because he knows what's on the other side and what God wants to accomplish if by faith you go through that door. So when it comes to discerning the will of God, we can, we can look at 
the open door doctrine or the closed door doctrine. Uh, Acts chapter 16 and verse 6, remember when Paul wanted to go into Macedonia, how that the Holy Spirit restrained him from going and closed the door. So we have doors open and we have doors closed by the Lord. I've heard someone say one time, when God closes a door and clearly closes it, don't try to kick the door down. Don't try to force your way through that door. Sometimes God will allow you to do that. He says, I've closed the door, but if you want to go through it anyway, then there's going to be suffering on the other side. Could you give us an illustration of what something like that might look like? (sighs) I hate to say it, but the first thing that comes to my mind, I think of an individual who uh, got divorced and wanted to remarry. Mm. And I counseled them strongly not to go in that direction, but really to pursue reconciliation. But they knocked down the door. Hmm. They went through that door anyway, and today they're divorced. Hmm. Three years later, they were divorced from their second marriage and, and said to me, I wish we would have listened to you, hmm. Pastor. Um, but they so much wanted to go through that door. Yeah. Or I could think of another illustration would be something like a job. And you really want that, you know, you get the opportunity for a raise and you just know there's so many things about it that just cause caution and maybe caution from your spouse. And you know, it will give you more hours that you'll, you'll have to work. And, but man, you keep seeing that dollar sign and it's like, man, I just, man, we sure could use that extra $15,000 a year. Um, and you know, and then you kind of push it, push that door open and then, you know, just, you're working on, on Sundays and, and you miss your, all, a bunch of stuff from your kids. You're never home. And, you know, a year or two later down the road, you're like, man, I just wish I wouldn't have taken it. Was this really worth that extra $15,000 a year that I don't even know where that $15,000 went, <laughs> right? It just, it's gone. I don't even see it. And I've missed so much stuff in the past two, three years. I wish I could go back and, and, and backtrack because you, you wanted to push that door open because you really saw that dollar sign. I've done stuff like that in my own life. Oh, we all have. Yeah. I think of Jonah. Did he have an open door of opportunity to get on a ship and go to Joppa? Mm. Right? Yeah. He said, here's a ship going right to Joppa. I can jump right on that ship and an open door, right? I think about like uh, there was this car that I really wanted to get. And, and, and so many cautions about it, but I really wanted it. I really wanted that car. And there's cautions from people. And this is a more of a, a low-level illustration, right? But, but that's getting your heart in a condition that has no will of its own. Yeah. So you really wanted that. I really wanted it. And people counseled me against it and so on and so forth. Anyways, I ended up getting it. And of course, I regretted it because I just didn't take the counsel of the people around me, people that knew more about the vehicle than I did, and I just wanted it because it looks so nice, and I just regretted it. And I know that's a low level. Uh, You know, there wasn't huge ramifications of that in my life, but it really taught me a valuable lesson to realize that my heart wants things, and sometimes I try to push doors open that the Lord is clearly uh, giving guidance to close. And I think... As we grow and develop, that's something, that's a, that's a discipline and exercise going through that and failing and, and realizing those things that we get stronger at. Uh-huh. Realizing what truly open doors are and when God is closing doors. And I think we grow in that. I've said this to folks before as it comes to this open door thing. If there's, listen to me, church. 
If there's any element of compromise involved, God's not in it. For example? <sighs> Compromising your conviction about a certain thing, okay? Give you this example. You talked about a job. Mm. So here's this job. It looks like an open door of opportunity, but you are required to work on Sundays. What do you do? If you have a conviction about that, do you just discard your conviction? Or do you say, you know what, that was just an open door of opportunity. I'm just going to go ahead and do that. I, I will say this. Ye yesterday, we talked about the love of money and how we can love money and things. Remember mammon? Uh, we can love that more than we do the Lord. And this is a real caution and concern I have about this working on Sunday thing. Instead of holding to our convictions, and, and by the way, an employer cannot make you work. Legally, they cannot make you work. If it's your religious conviction to be in church, they have to honor that religious conviction. True, true statement. True statement. I, I remember they when I to. was working, um, when I was younger, and I was being asked to work on Sundays, and um, I went to my boss. And I remember you guys were like, listen, we don't feel comfortable with it. Um, I didn't feel comfortable with it. They were like, hey, it's just once in a while. Then it was another time. And I went to But that's him. usually how it starts right yeah. there. And I went to them and I was like, listen, I can't do this. And um, they, they ended up honoring it. And they gave me a hard time about it, but they ended up honoring it and saying, you know, what are they supposed to do? They can't fire me because I can't, because yeah. I'm going that to church. That would be religious discrimination. Yeah. So. Um, but anyway, that's just one example. And, and I will say this, just kind of park on that for a minute. I, know, I had no intention of going there today. But I have never seen anyone do well spiritually who has chosen to work on Sunday. You suffer spiritually for that. And so just let me, uh, you know, give you a real caution about that. How that all fit into... Closed doors and open doors, I don't know. Well, I think it will. The Lord must have wanted us to say something about that today and put that in our hearts. What time? Good grief. Mm. Are we ready to move on to the next one? Sure. All right. So we have... Uh, uh, Each one of these are so good that, you know, sometimes it's like, man, there's a lot to unpack there, so... There really is on the open and closed doors because sometimes, you know, it's a toss-up. You've got to put the other things in place uh, to discern. That's one of my problems with my teaching style is I like to unpack so much of this so honestly you have what nine points here i could have easily turned that into nine messages yeah, well, <laughs> that's all i think i think they know i could too <laughs> it turned out into an entire series that's a, that's a happier series right there oh looks like we're only going to get two of these done today i can't believe it but anyway god wanted us to park on that one all right let's let's take this uh, last one here this morning and that is common sense hmm. now have have you ever said i just wish so-and-so just had some common sense. They keep making the same stupid decisions over and over and over and over again. Mm. Now, 1 Corinthians 14.33 says this, God is not the author of confusion. Use some common sense when it comes to discerning the will of God. Let, let me throw a couple things out there. Is it the will of God for you to buy something that you cannot afford? What do you think, Ben? No. Of course not. That's just common sense that says that. I'm not going to go into, uh, owe no man anything. Uh, thou shalt not borrow. The borrower is servant unto the lender. And so say, I, can't, I cannot 
afford this so you don't go out and buy it. And yet people get themselves in financial. This goes back to the open door. Well, here's an open door of opportunity for me to get what I want. I got a loan. Yeah. <laughs> you, got, um, you, you just got to be, church, you just got to be so careful about something like that. Mm. Uh, so it's not the will of God. I think we all would agree. It's not the will of God to go about and buy something uh, that you don't have the wherewithal to pay for. Uh, another just common sense. How is this going to affect my family? Mm. If I make this decision, let's say it's a move. If I make this move, how is that going to affect my family? How will it affect my wife and children and grandchildren? How will it affect my church family? We've seen, haven't we, Ben, over the years, people make some moves, and I have had extreme cautions about the motive behind why they're moving, mm. where they're moving to, <clears throat> and we have seen some real, real problems uh, come uh, because of that. And to me, they, they just didn't use common sense. Uh, we've all heard, you write down the pros and cons. What are the pros of making this decision? What are the cons of making this decision so you can compare this. Uh, another thing to ask yourself, is this a selfish decision that I'm making? You give me an example of that. You're always throwing that at me. Hmm. Is this a selfish decision? Well, I think going back to a lot of those, the things that we were already saying were all, all selfish. That car, I really wanted that car. That was a selfish motive. Um, I want to make more money. Um, I think of relationships, right? Is this the person, a young person trying to discern, mm. is this God's will for me or not? Um, usually that's, that's a selfish motive. Actually, I was just, um, studying through the Beatitudes and, um, I was on the one, um, the, the pure of heart, they shall see God. And through my study of that, one of the materials I was reading through said, very rarely do we make any decisions that don't have a selfish element to them. Oh, absolutely. They said very rarely. I mean, and they listed out, as I was studying through it, they listed out just a whole list of different things that we do. You know, um, even the worship of God. Sometimes we do it to appease our own, to think, okay, this is something I need to do to make God happy or whatever. And it's not genuine worship to God. It's like checking off something on the list. And I'm like, oh my goodness, I do that. Like sometimes I do my devotions, not because I genuinely want to spend time with God, but I just want to mark it off my list to get going on my day um, to make myself feel better. Like I've done my religious duty and I just, I really started realizing those that are pure in heart, how, do I really truly have a pure heart? How many times do I do things and it's actually genuinely pure motives? And there's often, usually an element of selfishness in that. And I think we have to be aware of that in order to counteract it. So, so when you ask, is this a selfish decision? I would say a majority of the time it's yes. Yeah. And remember, not, <clears throat> not last Sunday, the Sunday before, we talked about being content. I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. Obviously, you're not going to be making selfish decisions if you've determined that you're going to be content. Having yesterday, having food and what? Raiment. Let us therewith be content. So when we become discontent, it's just logical. It's just common sense that we should not be making decisions in a state of discontentment. But again, that probably is the feeder behind many, many, many decisions that we make. They're selfish and we are discontent. 
And I guess you could throw this in there too. Am, am I unhappy about the situation I find myself in? Mm. Am I unhappy? Uh, if you're unhappy, then you're always going to be looking for things to try and to experience and to do that will fulfill you and make you happy. And most of those you know are going to be outside of God's will for your life. I could add one more to this um, this list. And in just thinking through this, that, that I've thought about that's been really beneficial to me and something I need to practice more. But that's where you just quiet your heart and actually meditate and think through all of these things. I think a lot of times we, and when I say we, I mean me, we make decisions and we haven't even spent... Impulsive. Yeah, just like that. We haven't even spent time, and I'm talking big decisions, right? We haven't even spent time really just sitting down and allowing our hearts and minds to quiet and to really just allow... God to let us think through those mm-hmm. things. So, I mean, I, I'm talking even like 30 minutes. I mean, how, when's the last time you sat down with nothing, no computer open, put your phone in the, the other room? I mean, it's only you and a piece of paper and your Bible and just pray and allow God to to ruminate and to to, to just take that decision and to just think about it. And to just pray and to just let your mind quiet. And I'm telling you, if you do that, God will work and he will bring things to your mind. And Cautions, promptings, and there's clarity. In this culture where our minds and brains are so stimulated on a constant basis with technology, social media, checking, instant, instant checking your email, checking the news and and we, we have to develop that discipline. And I'm talking to myself. This is something God's really shown me. I've got to allow my brain to stop that stimulation from all of those things and allow my brain and mind and spirit to just calm down and to just meditate and to allow God to speak to my heart and speak to my mind. And usually that's in my morning with my devotions. But, you know, you're making huge decisions and have you even spent 30 minutes in prayer? And I'm talking just allowing God to speak to you. And this is one of the reasons why what we're going through right here, I don't know if any of you can see it, but I've written these right out in the front of my Bible. Um, just to take the time to go through those. One of the things your mother always is saying to me, did you pray about it? Let's just, let's just wait and think about this and pray this thing through. And I, I always appreciate her counsel in that area. You remember we talked about how salesmen do not want you to, to pause. Could you imagine a salesman say, hey, just, sir, I, I just want to pray about this for a while. <laughs> Why don't you just go home and think about it for, for a while? No, they want you to make that decision. Uh, absolutely. Just like that. I mean, even online, they're constantly like, hey, get it now or else the deal's going to be gone. You know, they just yep. want you to do yep. that before you Only think to the about next it. hundred callers. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, it's, it's the way it works, but a lot of times if we genuinely think about it, um, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll figure out this probably isn't the best decision for, for me to make. So, I mean, it's a powerful thing. Don't underestimate the power of allowing your mind and your heart to quiet and being able to actually think through things. I think it's something very few of us do with the constant stimulation of technology, music, everything. Nothing in your ears, listening to nothing, just allow your heart and your mind to Even quiet. when it comes to reopening our church, my impulsiveness is, let's get the church open. Right. 
But no, we have to, I mean, we really have to seek the Lord about this and put everything in place and function according to his time. Well, anyway, uh, we talked about um, open doors, closed doors, mm. circumstances. Yeah. And then just using some common sense uh, when it comes to discerning the Lord's will. Well, I think most of you know that we're um, uh, moving towards a reopening of the church on, on uh, May 17th. Uh, a few of you have uh, sent me a uh, text and said you are super excited about getting the church back open again, and we are too. We Very cannot excited. wait uh, to see you all. Um, yesterday, Ben Vincent came. We haven't seen him. And, so good to see him. Uh, it's wonderful uh, to see him. So uh, Wednesday night, 7 o'clock, the men are going to be gathering together uh, this morning. Uh, I was working on putting together the policies and procedures that I'm going to present to the men for us uh, reopening the church. You want to tell us about the ladies' prayer meeting? Yeah, the ladies are going to be having an online prayer meeting on Wednesday night at 7 p.m. Uh, my wife and Mrs. White will be hosting that, so that'll be interesting. See how that goes. Uh, but that'll be good. So, join, so ladies, while the men, and I think it's just great to be praying that God will lead the men uh, you know, jo jump on, do those prayer times, and praying that God will lead the men during that service, and then just pray for our church. And I, I, I mean, God, like you said last night during the live stream, God's given us some really incredible praying women in our church, and and you know, they're just the the backbone. I mean, and one thing we've always prayed, always that God will keep our church united. It's pretty amazing to think over all these years that fellowship has existed we have remained united Amen. as a fellowship uh, it, it's almost unheard of in churches today so uh, we will continue to be united as we move forward to the reopening of the church ministry Amen. and then once again and i'll probably mention this every live stream and every time we talk about it but let's make sure as we transition into this the, the reopening that we just have grace with each other and uh, we know there's a lot of strong feelings when it comes to uh, COVID-19 on uh, all different aspects. You know, one of the uh, a similar illustration, what I think of those strong feelings are vaccines. People that feel very strongly you should have vaccines, people that feel very strongly you shouldn't. And we just need to have grace with each other and understand that there's going to be some disagreements. There's going to be people that think we're... Well, like I said last night, some think it's the mark of the beast. Yeah. <laughs> so there's going, to, oh, there's going to be some people that think that the policies we put in place are going to be too strict. And I've already talked to people like yeah. that. And there's going to be people that think that we're not going far enough when it comes to the safety of people. So so we recognize that. We, we agree with both of you. I do. Some of them I see as over the top. But, you know, I, I was thinking this. If we're going to err... I'd rather err on the side of conservatism yeah. than just, we so, can do it. You can do this. It's not going to be that difficult so, to do these So things. we're going to do our best. Uh, we're not going to go crazy, right? I mean, people aren't going to be coming. We're not going to wear hazmat suits yeah, coming into We're church. not going to make you wear hazmat suits. So we're not Could gonna... you see me trying to preach with one of those things, the canisters on the side? <laughs> that would be awesome. <laughs> So we're, uh, we're, we're going to do our best, try to go by the leading of the Lord. And, but, but I really want to emphasize, you know, even as far as the unity of the body of Christ, let's have grace with people that disagree with us. And uh, let's respect each other's different positions, right? Uh, understand where they're coming from and just respect 
the fact that, that they differ from you. And if somebody doesn't want to shake your hand or, or give you a hug, respect that. And don't be going over to them, oh, I'm going to get you. And it's just not Well, we're going to ask you not to do that, tell you the truth. But yeah, some mean, of you won't be able to refrain. We can't keep you from hugging and shaking hands. So, I mean, if you, if you absolutely have to do it, that's up to you. Uh, but we're going to encourage you not to. So, but, but once again, let's just have grace with people that disagree with us. And um, let's just not be judgmental. You know, if someone chooses to wear a mask, that's great for them. If someone chooses not to, don't judge them. Don't judge back and forth. You know, let's just have grace with each other. I think that's going to be really important in the, in the times to come. So, all right. I think that's about it. Let's close in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for today. Thank you for the patience of our people as we uh, kind of talk them through uh, these principles on discerning your will for our lives. Uh, Lord, bless them today. Give them a wonderful, wonderful day of fellowship with you and with each other. Meet their every need. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Bye-bye. Love you guys. See ya. You have been listening to the Fellowship Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. We hope this message was a blessing and encouragement to you. If you would like more messages, visit our website at fbcclarklake.org where all of our messages can be downloaded for free. Also, you can subscribe to the Fellowship Baptist Church Sermon Podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or SoundCloud. All of our messages are available for free. If you want to keep up to date on what's going on at Fellowship, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram where you can see what's happening at Fellowship Baptist Church. If you'd like to visit us, Fellowship Baptist Church is located at 3200 Reed Road, Clark Lake, Michigan. Thank you so much for listening, and we hope to see you back here again next time.